You're listening to the Play, Teach, Talk podcast. I'm Tiffany Thompson, a speech pathologist with over 20 years of expertise in working with children under three years of age and their families to help them understand language and communicate more effectively. My specialty is in working with emerging communicators with few or no true words to reduce their frustration, help them interact and play with their peers and family, and learn to truly enjoy the back and forth of functional communication throughout their daily routines. This podcast is not intended to diagnose speech-language disorders, but is more of a general set of suggestions for children who are experiencing delays in their language skills. For recommendations or therapy specific to your child's needs, consultation or evaluation with a licensed speech-language pathologist in your city is highly suggested. This is Season 2, Episode 3 of the Play, Teach, Talk podcast. Communication Temptations. I wanted to make an episode that was separate from some of the other strategies I've recommended because this is a kind of a side uh, strategy that I use when I'm trying to get kids to use comments or to uh, make requests or just to comment on anything that's going on in play. And that's to take either a routine that is that a child expects certain things to happen within that routine when there's a very, very clear uh, set of steps that you take within your routine or to have some toys that kids maybe typically don't play with or that are, are toys they don't tend to see because we use them with slightly older children, but these are good to use with adult supervision to create the effect we're looking for. So I wanted to go through that list of things to give you ideas to get your child to talk when unexpected things happen in their day. As far as toys that I use, one thing that I found, some kids love this, some kids don't like this because there's a very loud sound that happens when you do this, is to get a balloon. Any, If you have any balloons left over from a, a recent party that you've been to, they don't have to be new because all you're really going to be doing is blowing them up and letting them go. So the idea is you're taking something that a child can't do on their own. Most children don't have the motor, motor skills in their mouth to be able to round their lips well enough and focus air to blow up a full balloon. So that's where you come in and you blow up that balloon and you can even use routine repetitive phrases like one, blow up the balloon a little bit, two, blow up the balloon a little bit, and then maybe say, let it go or go or blast off or something like that. And then let that balloon blow out. The child will probably react positively, squeal, run around, maybe try to find that balloon. And they're going to have to bring it back to you because they're not going to be able to blow it up on their own. So that gives you an opportunity to have them request what they want you to do with that balloon. It encourages a social interaction. And it is also kind of one of those crazy things that the kids are maybe not expecting within their day. Another option, again, this is one of those that's kind of iffy because sometimes the sounds that come out of this toy are ones that kids don't like, and that's a wind-up toy. And there's so many different kinds of wind-up toys that you can uh, get. I, I got mine, I think I got a few of them in CVS, actually, in the toy department, uh, in the uh, favors, the toy party favor section at a, like a Target or a Walmart. That's a great place to go for wind-up toys that are cheap. 
Um, and, and there are all different kinds. I've seen ones that are like worms, so they kind of scrunch up and then they stretch out. Ones that look like little robots that are dancing and skating, all different kinds of bugs, cars that flip, any, any type of thing that you think might interest your child. And the deal with the wind-up toy is kind of similar to the balloon where the child can't make that toy do what it does when it winds up because they don't have those fine motor finger skills to twist up a wind-up toy when you're looking at a child who's under three. So the great thing with a wind-up toy is if it is something that is engaging to your child and that they like, they're going to need to bring it to you and ask you to make it go. When I'm thinking about kids who are under three, if you want to uh, come up with a word that is going to work for them, though, I might not do twist because twist is a really hard set of sounds for kids who are under three to use. So you might want to use, again, kind of the counting and say go or something similar to that just because that word twist is going to be kind of complicated for them to try to say. Uh, there are other strange or a kind of unexpected toys that I use. And again, for each child, it's going to be a little different which kind of toys are going to spark their interest or seem fun or crazy to them. So one thing I had for a very long time until it got torn up because it was used so much was a very strange little rubber. It was either an alligator or a dinosaur toy. Not really sure. I think it was an, a dinosaur. And so it was this kind of weird rubbery puppet, hand puppet that I used. And the kids thought it was hilarious. And so I got a whole lot of communication out of just this strange little rubber hand puppet. Uh, another thing I had was, uh, and I've seen these recently in CVSs or other chain stores. Uh, it's this weird little foam, foam balls that you put into a little animal puppet and you squeeze the tummy of the animal and it pops the foam ball out. Again, just kind of a, an unexpected toy that you wouldn't expect to be very interesting, but the kids absolutely love it. And it is a great way to get more language to come from your child. The major thing is, I did not explain this, the major thing is in all of these, you want to pause. You want to give that child time to notice that the activity has stopped and then maybe come to you for this kind of shared attention with this toy that they're not expecting, that they weren't expecting to play with, and then to try to communicate to you that they want this to keep going. You can also do this within routines. One of the things you can do is we're, we're kind of running out of the winter season into spring and into summer now, so maybe not, not the easiest way to do this, but you could try to, in your getting dressed to go outside routine, leave out part of the routine that you do. So in the, in the winter and early spring, you might put on your shoes and then put on your coat and your hat and leave out part of that routine. Maybe the coat's going to be the biggest thing that they're going to notice if you don't put that on them. So they might need to ask you, coat. When it gets warmer and you have your routine for maybe going out to play in a sprinkler or to play in a baby pool, if you have a routine with that, if there's a toy that usually goes out or um, maybe don't don't uh, put their swimsuit on right away, have them in their jammies and take them out to the pool and see if they notice that they need to put on their swimsuit. Uh, another idea is to give them just a couple of snacks. Let's say they're in a high chair sitting to have a snack and you put two goldfish crackers down. Well, they're probably going to eat those in a couple of seconds, so they're going to need to ask you for more. Or you could even just kind of watch them and and you know, no expression, just, you know, oh, okay. Is, do you want something? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Or this is, this is actually a technique that was 
in the Hainan program book called it, it Takes Two to Talk. I love this one because it's one that we typically don't do because we want to keep things clean. But if something spills, let's say that their cup spills and you have them somewhere where it can sit where it is. Maybe you're on a linoleum floor, a tile floor, and they've spilled a drink. Give it a second. Let them notice that this has happened and see if they're going to comment on it. Now, if they run off and they don't notice that stuff, then it's not going to be a good communication temptation. But if they're with you and they're alongside you and they see this happening, I would give it a second and see if you can get them to communicate about what happened. And then you could provide the words, even if they're not using words or even if they just go, uh-oh, you could say, oh, uh-oh, whoa, that spilled. What do we need to do? So every time you add a little more words or you support communicating about things that happen, you're teaching so much more about a routine than just simply, uh-oh. So that that's an uh, th- this is just one of those ideas of things that you can use to try to build a little bit more language throughout your daily routines and using toys that maybe your child wouldn't expect and then see if you can get them to communicate about what they're experiencing as they play with these new toys or as you give them an unexpected change in their routine. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would help me greatly if you subscribe or leave a five-star review. For additional content, including YouTube videos, articles, handouts, and help catered specifically to your child's needs, please visit playteachtalk.com.